this December 7th through 9th. Check out the EdUp Experience podcast live and in person in Doha, Qatar for the World Innovation Summit on Education. We will be documenting the ideas and innovations from today's most influential global education leaders. Check them out at wise-qatar.org and follow the EdUp Experience podcast for more information. Yay! Do you want to hear about something that is so unique for two-year colleges? Did you know that Unmuddle created a national marketplace for community colleges? That's right. For more details, go to unmuddle.com slash colleges. That's U-N-M-U-D-L dot com slash colleges. Welcome back, everybody. This is the EdUp Experience Podcast, where we make education your business. Dr. Joe Salustio here with you again. And I am one excited co-founder slash co-host slash co-producer of the EdUp Experience. Why? Because we've passed 80,000 downloads of this podcast recently. Actually, is is uh, uh, about a, a few days ago when this episode airs. Hopefully, we'll be uh, in 81 or 82,000. But it's been a fairly crazy ride to 80,000. And uh, we're so honored that you have been with us and staying with us and listening dealing with my antics, my sound effects that I finally perfected, and you'll see when that happens with my guest today. And uh, I, I do want to especially thank our guests. Yes, our listeners, probably the most important piece of this podcast, but without great guests, nobody would listen to me um, by myself. I figured that out very early on when I put out some episodes, and my mom and my wife are the only ones that listened. So I went out and I found people like the gentleman I'm bringing back again today. His name is Dr. Michael Torrance, and he's president of Motlow State Community College. We had a standing ovation for Michael. <laughs> What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, that was great. That's a great, great introduction. I love, I love those sound effects. Oh, uh, you're one of the only ones, in. I think. <laughs> How are you? How are things at Motlow State Community College? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, you know, you know personally, uh, making sure that we, we still help navigate the things we need to navigate. Uh, the, the safety, health, and wellness protocols have not exited uh, our, our communication strategies nor uh, the way that we operate. So uh, the operational component is as, as it's had been, as it has been. Um, we, we just see more students on campus, and I can't tell you how wonderful it is to hear the that ambient noise that you can't determine what people are saying, but you can hear it uh, in, in pockets at the college, uh, as well as the, the pitter-patter of feet uh, and students going back and forth, traipsing hither, hither and yon as they're, you know, still coming late to class, but, but getting to class. Well, then things are getting back to normal, some level That's in the right. world then. That's right. That's right. And, uh, how, how is let, let me ask you this, because, it, you know, um, with students who are returning to any campus, I've got a question because I work at an online university, so I don't get to, to feel that in-person ambient noise that you're talking about. Are you getting more students coming to you going, hey, you know what, how are you keeping me safe? Or are you getting more students coming to you going, oh, my God, it's so great to see you. You know, I'm so excited to be here. How is that balance, so to speak? It's It's been definitely more of the latter than the former. Uh the, the students couldn't be happier to be back where they can see each other, where they can mingle, um, where it is not just about what they're learning in class, but that uh, that other education that goes um, you know, unspoken and not well-researched. And that is uh, the educating of each other as they get out of class and walk to and from their cars or uh, someplace to, to have lunch. 
uh, it, it's, it's been phenomenal to, to see them really excited uh, to be back on ground. That's good. Well, and, and Michael, you don't know this, but um, uh, unless you've listened to a lot of recent episodes, uh, but uh, I, I'm doubting that you did because you're so busy right now with getting students on campus. But we have this part of the episode that I've been doing lately called Let's Learn About the Guest or a.k.a. Keep a Guest on His Feet or, or Her Feet. Okay. Meaning I'm going to ask you a question kind of unrelated to higher education just to see how you answer and also tells us a little bit about you. And since you were a previous guest, I want to do this up front so we can kind of get a more a, a kind of a sense of your personality a little bit and your interests. Okay. All right. And you ready for this question? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. Kind of got the game show feel a little bit. Uh, it's not, it, you're not going to win any money. I'll tell you that right now. Um, if you, um, as you're walking onto the campus at Motlow State Community College, there's a song that follows you around on your, I always say loudspeaker, and then I feel like I'm aging myself, but your portable music stereo speaker that you carry around. It's your entrance music, Dr. Michael Torrance. What song would be playing as you enter a room? Oh, that that's pretty easy. Um, it would be the acoustic version of Shook Ones by Mob D. Oh, uh, so, well so done. Would, yeah, it would be the acoustic version, just the music. Um, it, it really feels, that's what I feel like every morning when I get up and I'm, I'm heading in to either raise money, create a new program, partner with existing agencies, work with our faculty or staff or students. That That's what I hear in my background. And then to end the day, because uh, I have leaving music too, Joe. Uh, it, it's Lowrider. Nice. Look at you, man. This, you're bringing out good tunes. I, we've had. A, <laughs> let, let's just say we've got. I, I as a uh, as a rap and heavy. I'm a, a rap and slash '80s rock fanatic, right? So I like rock, rap and '80s rock. Mob right. Deep, of course, out of Queens, New York. One Absolutely. of the, I think one of the greatest rap groups of all time. That particular song is one of the most motivational songs ever just because man if you get into those lyrics and you get into that business it feels like you can take on anything i love that you just kind of went in my <laughs> you put me back in my in my new york roots a little bit so thank you for that and and uh you know so you you take that entrance music you walk into motlow state community college you look around you now are repopulating a campus what is it yeah. like you know, and, and the reason I ask you this specifically is because, um, uh, Dr. Torrance, I consider you after researching you and talking to you, you're one of the most forward thinking uh, presidents out there, especially when it comes to technology and how to use technology and, you know, so on. And we're going to get to that in a second. There's also this question of how do we move forward is and I asked this as a, a, a to another guest yesterday. I said, is it is it like you just plan to get through coronavirus and, and then you take a break and go, okay, wait a second. Now let's, let's redo this. Is, is everyone understanding that the change has to continue or is there some elasticity to move backwards? What's the overall realization of how you move forward right now? Yeah, I, I would say that it's safely frenzied, you know, and, and I use that phraseology because you think of the idea of where we were prior to COVID, where we are in the mix of it, and we are still in it. <clears throat> and then the, the uh, context of what it means to be future focused, future ready. You know, we, we, we have, you know, Joe, you and I both have read a lot lately, especially the last two years about the future of, uh, and, and this is comes on the backs of the internet of, right? Yeah. So as you think about higher education organizations, 
it is the furthering development of connectivity to not only completing programs and creating programs with elasticity, as you said, some things will go backwards to go forward, but they have been heavily slingshotted forward because of the pandemic. And it's not to say that only because of the pandemic have we accelerated probably about 10 years, eight to 10 years forward, um, but this was coming anyway. And there, as always, will be groups who will say, I really wanna get back to the way that I provided instruction, um, but that's kind of a misnomer. We, I, I can't think of any institution that delivers education or training not using some component of hybridized instruction, uh, whether that be on a, a, a learning management system or literally where you just simply get on, get on with someone in, in the metaverse where they're inside their VR headsets or the Google Glass, whatever's gonna come up in the next two to three years. And you can literally have haptics teaching these people uh, these skill sets, not in replacement of human to human instruction, but as an enhancer uh, and to extend the learning. And that's an old phrase that we used to use. We wanna extend the learning capacity uh, of the students and trainees. So that's, that's what I see on the forefront uh, for us in, in higher education. And now there really is, from my, my, my line of sight, there really isn't a line of demarcation for us as an institution and my colleagues here between what we're doing in instruction and in training. Because at the end of the day, what we're instructing is training people for engagement in social scapes as well as professional spaces. So, so let me drill on that for a second. Mm -hmm. There's not much difference between training and instruction, right? Is that what, is that what you just said? Right, I'll have to go right. back and listen. What do you mean? Kind of dig in, into that a little bit for me. Is yeah, it so, because, so, yeah, yeah so, so you know the, the, that concept of how the idea of we need to separate uh, ideologies um, and, and specifically as it's related to instructional paradigms, yep. that they are separate, that they're disparate. Well, the, the last time I checked, um, and I've mentioned this before, any training that occurs or any learning that occurs post high school is post-secondary. Therefore, when we talk about training, when we talk about learning, uh, the learning paradigm is about knowledge transfer um, and the training paradigm is about skill development. However, both of them are about skill development and knowledge transfer. So they are betwixt, they are intermingled and to, to, to attempt to pull them apart uh, is what I think we are moving away from. We're, we're moving towards the synonymous cogent way of training and learning simultaneously. And, and it is because of the spaces in which we've had to do this over the last uh, 18, 19 months that we've gone from using more paper to less paper, right? To now a lot of things that could be automated are automated and going further, we will learn more about the training and learning that we can have folks who were focused on doing uh, rote tasks, they can be more conjoined to the student experience. And I think that's really exciting. Uh, being connected to the student experience as a supporter, uh, as a facilitator, uh, and as an engager for pers persistence and success. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that explanation. And you're, I think you're right on. And, you know, part of, of the support to students and training, uh, teaching, training, skills building, uh, support has been in um, a, a technology, right? And right. providing students with the right tools and technology to be able to access their courses amidst the disruption. And that doesn't even count, like getting the students back into the educational system that disappeared, 
right? We right. know that community colleges saw up to a 13% reduction in overall population. This is nationally, and, and I know there's some exceptions to that. But it wasn't like, hey, students just left. It was these students left, especially black male students, have left the system and not returned. And uh, and you know, because you're right in this, that getting these students back, it's more than just, hey, come on back. We think we're open now. They've gone to work. They've tried to provide for their family. They, they've gone down different paths. Maybe, maybe they've gotten a job. Maybe they've just gone and moved out of state somewhere. Who, who knows what happened? But this re-engagement is really important. And one of the ways that you've done that is you've come with a very innovative idea in partnership with T-Mobile that is making news nationally. And I, I thought it was incredible. That's why I asked you back because I saw this. And you know, I saw I saw this post on LinkedIn. I'm like, I got to get you back right away to talk about this because <laughs> this is this is awesome, right? This is this is true innovative student support. And I was hoping that you could talk about it. How did this happen? Give us the details and specifics of the of the deal. I'm not going to steal your thunder. I want you to, <laughs> to take the mic and and own it, uh, Mob Deep style here. Absolutely. And you know, no good things happen without relationships. And I think that's important to lay that out front. Uh, probably 10 months ago, uh, we were working through using and how to utilize our emerging technology space, the XR lab that has our VR and AR components inside of it. And we didn't want the space of COVID to decrease our opportunities to safely and successfully have small boutique uh, engagements with uh, business and industry, uh, state government officials, um, local high school uh, LEPs, uh, LEAs. We wanted to have as many people as we could in small batches come and see these spaces. Ultimately, we end up getting to industry days and we said, well, who else do we need to reach out to? So we talked about Verizon, and Dell and Microsoft and T-Mobile. And our, our T-Mobile partner, uh, Matt Beagle, uh, actually said, sure, can I come? And I said, do you have any kids? He said, well, I have two sons. I said, well, bring your sons. I think it would be great for them to see that this is a space where we are creating, literally, we're creating opportunities for learning and Man. trainings. You know, so yep. he brought his kids over and, and, and they had a great, 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 great fun. Okay, I'll just say they had great fun. We, we walked them through some autism uh, experiences. We walked them through uh, some gaming things that they, they might enjoy. Uh, and then we started talking to, to Matt about what could a partnership look like uh, with T-Mobile and, and how would that potentially work? Well, this was over like chicken fingers or something like that. I, I forget what we That's had the way the best, the best partnerships are made over chicken fingers. <laughs> that's, that's right, that's right. And subsequently they leave and, and you know, Matt, then introduced me to Tim Stroer, one of his partners at T-Mobile. And we started to talk about what did we envision for Motlow? Uh, and this was with colleagues from the college as well, uh, from the workforce area. And we just started talking about our grand vision of how can we further support students? And, and you know, Joe, and to our listeners, I initially only asked for the idea, can we just have 5G hotspots? That's it. We, we were talking about hotspots right. initially. And then Matt came up with the idea and, and, and Tim and then others were just sharing the idea of, well, how can we further support students? And, and I, we keep talking about homelessness, healthcare, and hunger here at the institution as a, a part of our wraparound services and then connectivity to mental health support services, right? So we thought that having a phone that was 5G enabled, unlimited talk, unlimited text, unlimited Wi-Fi, unlimited 5G hotspot was 
a great way to support students. And we front loaded it with applications that were academically uh, focused as well as student success focused, and then also um, being human focused. And that being human focused is what tools would enable people to maybe find a meal or find a healthcare agency that could support them. Or, you know, if it was the Tennessee Suicide Prevention Network, for example, making sure the students knew that they had access to these types of tools. And from there, uh, we rolled it out. We thought about 30% uh, of our students. So we, we were able, we were gifted uh, 2,100 devices. And those devices were for about 30% of our students looking at the first year students. And here we are, um, we have rolled out over half of those at this point. I think we're at the 1200, 1250 mark. Um, you, you'd be surprised that even when you want to give away something like this, uh, in this time where students are hypersensitive about a lot of things, like all of us are, um, students were like, well, I already have one, I don't need that. And we had to explain to them that at the end of this, you get to keep this phone. You can port another number on it. We, we don't want it back, it is yours. This is to help you navigate the two problems that we heard from our staff and faculty and employees at Motlow, as well as students. I don't have a device that I can completely trust and count on when I'm near a hotspot or a Wi-Fi area so that I can not have slow download speeds and lag time to, to stay on top of my, my studies. So although it's a phone and all these other good things that are being used, the way students are using it is, is amazing. They are not downloading their social medias on these devices. They are not using it to play games. They're using it uh, when they're in indiscriminate places where they need to highlight uh, use of uh, faster gig 5G, 5G speeds, you know, you know, 5G for all, uh, that, that's one of the, the hashtags. And, and so that's how we got to where we are. And it is, it is phenomenal to ask a student and, or to hear from a student without even asking, how is this impacting your ability to learn, innovate, uh, and, and learn uh, different different skill sets, and, and to hear from them that you know, thank you. Uh, I, I've seen a couple of students cry. I've, I've watched students say That's to others, awesome. "This is going to save me like fourteen, fifteen hundred bucks, and I don't have to have a phone this year, so I can use that money for for gas, for food, or whatever else they choose to use it for." So it has exceeded the you know my expectations were simply hotspot. Uh, but it, it's exceeded those expectations that I had. And we're going to tie in with some students, probably five, because uh, it's 5G uh, with T-Mobile. And, and we're going to work through just staying connected with them uh, out of the office of the president, uh, a cool word or a calm uh, phrasing uh, starting in, sometime in, in middle of October. And then we're going to follow these students through the year and ask them over the course of the year, how are you using it? Is it helpful? And should we consider doing this again in you know, 10 months from now when, when school starts uh, next fall. Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Diaz, Interim President of Gateway Community College in Phoenix, Arizona. Gateway is a proud founding college partner of Unmuddle. We joined Unmuddle to reach a new market of students, the working learners. Unmuddle provides a needed mechanism for these students to work and learn simultaneously, providing a valuable return on their investment. Unmuddle elevates Gateway's non-credit training opportunities to a national level, scaling in a way that is difficult for individual community colleges to do on their own. Unmuddle also provides a unique opportunity for colleges to feasibility test new potential certificate and degree programs. The higher education landscape is crowded, but the value of community colleges is unmatched. Unmuddle will take us to new heights, and we're excited for the journey. 
Yeah, I mean, to, to, it's amazing, right? This is a really a groundbreaking program. You're talking about 2,100 phones with T-Mobile service, 5G service. Um, they're preloaded. They have the, their hotspots, uh, unlimited hotspot, talk, text, and data free for one year. It's preloaded with Outlook, OneDrive, Khan Academy, D2L, Brightspace, and other educational options. The, the phone itself and the internet access itself is a major issue. I think that's been well documented. Right? Students need access to internet and to have the learning tools on there, it facilitates learning. It makes them think about learning and access learning. That's great. But I think the, 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 uh, con another consequence, and you just talked about it, and we've discussed it at length on the show and probably with you on the last episode, and that's that these students, community college students, many of them coming from lower economic backgrounds, you're one unexpected bill away from quitting school. And if this phone saves you money that you can then go pay that bill with, you've not only facilitated a better learning environment, you've pre you're preparing the students for the future of work because you're, you're putting things on a phone for them to access. And let's just, let's not, let's, let's not be naive. Everybody tries to access everything on their phone, whether you can or not, you're going to try. So right. their, their future, you're preparing for the future of work. You're also improving your retention. You're, you're, you have a tool to maybe re-engage them back into the educational system. It really is a win-win. And one of the greatest parts about this is that you have a company like T-Mobile who's looking for a really significant way to give back. And they're coming to you at Motlow State and saying, hey, look, what do we do? We want to give back. We want to help. And for you to be able to say, hey, look, hotspots, and for them to come in and go, how about this? I mean, it's just a huge win all the way around for everyone. Um, amazing work. So, so proud and Thank happy you. that I can bring you back to talk about it because it is really unique. I've not seen anything like this out there. Yeah, and, and this was a team effort. Uh, I, I just get to be the, the spokesperson for us from time to time at, at Motlow State Community College. And our our focus overarchingly is tied to the very things that you just mentioned, Joe. We're talking about persistence. We're talking about engagement. What we were mindful of is we didn't want to use it as a recruitment tool. We, we didn't want to put it out there as, hey, if you come to Motlow State Community College, we're going to give you this. Uh, we wanted those students who were coming anyway to have the best opportunity to tie in to access and equity and, and also outcomes. highlighting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Outcomes, you know, the, and, and think about this. Most of our service area is small town and rural. So this actually, this, nothing is with a, with, with a surety, right? But it does ensure that student success uh, and, and all on a new 5G network with these devices gives students I hope that they feel like, and I hope that it comes with our outcomes that this has given them a leg up. Um, it enhances their online education access, whether they're doing hybrid or completely online, or if they just you know want to use their data to search something out. And, and you mentioned the, the importance of what we do, and in some of your other podcasts with other other folks uh, who, who've been on, they they talk about this future of work and what this workforce looks like. What other device currently that you can carry around in your pocket or your backpack or your purse has the ability to provide you with this VR enhanced or AR enhanced um, space where students will experience this in the next decade in their workspaces? And I, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be pervasive, pervasive everywhere. Truth. And you, that's the, it's important to think that way because everything we do as adults, students, whatever, we all try to access on our phones. And, and when you can facilitate learning through the phone, even if they can't access an, an LMS exactly the way you want them to on a phone, 
even just attempting to is engaging them in the process, right? That it's it's attempts, right. it's engagement, it's action, really important. And when you have any student that comes in or you see in, comes in your office and is crying and thanking you for for something like that, you really then truly understand the impact because it's greater than you expect, right? It's always greater right. than what you think because it could literally change that person's life. You're talking about a $1,500 bill, life-changing for some students that don't have to now worry about that. And it's not even the money, it's the worry. If you can take the worry away, they're more focused on learning, which creates better outcomes. It's really brilliant. I'm, I'm really so happy um, I'm gushing a little bit, but I'm so happy to have you on because I, I, it's just, this is what action looks like when we're talking about equity, when we're talking about, um, you know, creating better outcomes and, and helping lower students from lower economic background or students who are, are first gen improve. You've got to do something innovative and unique. You can't just talk about it. You got to be about it. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, you got to walk the walk as they say. Um, and I think that, and, and I'll, I'll stop saying I think, because I think that that's what we do a lot of. We say, I think that, and we know. So we have to own it. We have to, as Brene Brown talks about, we have to be daring in our leadership. And, and sometimes that's going to make people uncomfortable and ruffle feathers, but the conversations need to move beyond conversation to action. And that action needs to be measurable so that we can make determinations. Do we scale it up or do we scale it back or do we just not do it at all? And this opportunity with T-Mobile in partnership with Motlow State Community College uh, in our communities, because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's not just T-Mobile and Motlow. T-Mobile has come in and impacted our community. And, and that's, a, that's a big thing. We don't know the ripple effects or scale of it at this point, but I can tell you within the first 30 to 40 days of, of classes, when I ask young men and young women, student athletes, uh, club participants, or the student who's a, who's a thespian or artist, do you have your phone, their face lights up. Um, and it doesn't matter if they're 18 and 19 to, to middle-aged coming back to change their skill set. Um, it's, the, it's, the it's, the, it's the more mature students that have this visceral, uh, emotional experience to you've taken something off my plate and now I have uh, the flexibility to do some more things with my 100 to $120 extra a month now. And, and I don't know if, who's listening, but I want you to think about when a hundred bucks really meant the difference between you keeping lights, buying bread and putting gas in your car to get someplace. That's the reality. Well, and I mean, you get down to brass tacks too. We're trying to re-engage students in learning. We have to be able to call them sometimes. And one of the first things that happens to students, especially when they're economic hardship is that phone gets shut off. I mean, I can't right. tell you when I was in admissions for many, many years, you know, call a student this week, oh, phone's off. I'm going to put in a reminder to call them next week. Call them next week, phone rings. They paid their cell phone bill, their phone's back on. That's a real issue. That has not changed over the years. Students will turn on their phone or turn off their phone with the ebb and flow of their financial situation. So now you've created a pathway to continually engage these students through talk, through text, through email campaigns, whatever you want to keep them focused on the outcome. It's really brilliant, um, you know, and to hear T-Mobile really double down and and uh, and look at Motlow State and, and these community college students who are really are the future of the workforce. Uh, it is It is really helping 
you know, you, the U.S. get back to work, right? This is uh, right. getting these students trained in the workforce. It's really a critical um, partnership. I encourage everybody to check it out. Motlow State, mscc.edu. Um, and you can check out my guest today, Michael Torrance, Dr. Michael Torrance, that is, and, uh, and everything that's going on in Motlow State, which you do have a lot going on. Let me ask you this before you go. I, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we are seeing a lot of black men uh, leave the educational system and not return. What do you right. think needs to be done for that specific population to re-engage them in the educational process? It's, it's really a... It's, it's a, I don't want to say it's a unique or funny or weird, but it's a statistics that just kind of sticks out. Like, why? Why, why is it yeah. this particular population of men? Yeah, it, it's, it's about um, things that are tangible and applicable and then representation. You know, as a student and as a, a veteran, it was always important to me when I went to a new post or when I went into a classroom uh, or when I walked onto a campus that I, I saw folks who looked like me um, and, and not just in positions of uh, admissions and recruitment, but also in positions of mid-tier leadership uh, uh, as well as executive leadership. But as a student, I really, really wanted to have that experience with a professor that I would make assumptions and connections with, well, because he's black or brown or she's black or brown, they have had the same type of experience that I'm going to go through to, to get to where I want to get um, in terms of completing uh, my credential or, or degree. And this, this idea of where they are, you know, and I've heard a lot about that conversation over the last year, where did they go? Where did the, the black males go? And I can't say with uh, certainty, but I can make an informed uh, hypothesis that if we go to churches, if we go to synagogues, if we go to mosques, if we go to basketball courts, if we go to uh, places like fairs, and, and these are some of the recruitment things you remember, Joe, like you, you would go to these places yep. uh, on, on various instances. We've done a great job in higher education of creating experiential opportunities on our locations, uh, on our campuses. And I think that the part of community college that I think is unique about what we do is that we also have the ability and, and the flexibility and the agility to do these same types of experiential uh, cadences outside of our campus locations. And that's, that's a pull, it's a stretch because we have a uh, limited number of resources as, as does everyone. Uh, and we have a limited number of folks at our five locations across 11 counties. But I think it's really important for us to continue to be conscious of where people are because I don't think that we lost them. And I won't say that they can't be found, but I know that on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays and Sundays, if I'm really looking for groups of people, I know that I can find their aunts and their uncles and their grandparents and, and perhaps their parents. If I go talk to their pastor, their deacon, their rabbi, uh, their priest, I know that I'd know where to find them if I talk to those folks, because at the last time I checked, that's part of the South's ilk. That's, that's part of our culture. Uh, usually those who are in clergy, they know where you are. The other component about this is what I've been watching is the incarceration rates also, Joe, um, and have, have things increased or decreased uh, because of hyper angst or hyper fear and who's being arrested, where they're being arrested and what types of uh, shenanigans are happening. Yeah. Right, so th that's also something to pay attention to. So 
we have initiatives at the system level as well as uh, at Motlo uh, creating partnerships where people are. And I think that's important to note. You know, we say we can't find them. If we can't find them, then we need to go where they are. We can't expect and we should not expect for them to come to us. Sometimes you have to take uh, the horse to the water. And even when they don't drink, if you put a little sugar in that water, I bet you they'll lick it more than they would if it was just plain. So that, that, that's the way that we are looking at uh, strategies uh, and tactics, not just strategy, but tactics that are applicable. How do we go and find these folks? Well, but, but that's one of the mechanisms to find them. Go, go to where they have clergy yeah. or talk to clergy. And, and I'm sure we could find some. Yeah, and I think that, that we're going to have to see that level of innovation, that level of thought to re-engage re -engage any population, frankly, uh, to into or back into the educational system. Now, that's an, uh, hopefully an anomaly that will be fixed over time as, as schools figure out this coronavirus. There's still this personal risk factor, right? People are still right. like, oh, this, oh, that. And, and you don't know how that affects certain communities, especially those that have health disparity and, and whatever. So the, the, it's a complicated uh, a mess of issues. Not that higher ed has ever been uncomplicated, but yeah. certainly the complications of student issues and coronavirus make things a little more complicated for us. But we have great leaders like Dr. Michael Torrance in charge of these uh, institutions that are helping these students. So we can all feel better about it. Michael, you know how what our last question is going to be. And maybe you're going to give a different answer than you gave last time. I don't know. We're going to go back and compare what is the future of higher education going to look like? The future of higher education continues to evolve. And the more time you spend in it, the more you see the opportunity in front of it. Um, its ecosystem is gonna be, in my humble opinion, not just hyper-localized, but it'll be hyper-localized to meet the context of the workforce and the economic communities locally. But it's also gonna be cast and connected with other hyper-localized areas, which then makes it global, both global and local. And these spaces in which education is gonna continue to transform into, will see the divergence of tying together, and as I think I said before, braiding together this community of practice and these communities of innovation, these communities of learning, these communities of training for the beneficial, for, for us as a, a, a whole global community to be uh, the beneficiaries of. And I know that some folks focus on where they are, um, but we have to re be reminded that every other place impacts where we are, whether we want to look at it from that context and that lens anyway. But I know that in Tennessee, uh, we're headed on the right track and we will we'll, we'll see each other on the other side of it, Joe. That, so that's what I think about the future uh, of where higher ed's going. I, I love it. And I encourage uh, everybody to just head to Google, put in Motlow State Community College and T-Mobile, and you will have a bunch of search results come up that discuss and give details about the partnership that you've put together on the 2100 phones preloaded uh, with hotspots and all the learning tools. It's a great read. It's really fun to watch that innovation take place. We'll be following up with you, Michael, on how it's going. Hopefully we can talk in a year. Um, well, we'll talk before that, obviously, but Absolutely. we can bring you back on uh, from, you know, months from now and you can tell us how it's going, what the reactions are like and how some of the students that you followed, what happened, how is their life affected? This really is a cool case study for us to follow along with you if you'll have us. Um, and uh, we, we are always honored when you stop by, my friend. Thank you for having me. Um, I, I'm great with being anywhere you are, Joe. And uh, to all your colleagues, uh, please give them my best. And to all of the Motlowians out there, uh, thank you for leaning in and not just buying into what we, we do, because if you buy it, you can sell it. 
but believing what we do, uh, belief ties into our values. We're, we're better when we're together. I love that is our mic drop moment of the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, his name is Dr. Michael Torrance. I'm giving him a standing ovation. Uh, he's amazing. Uh, everybody, uh, thanks for listening. And you've just ed upped. I'm Liesl Dees, Continuing Education Director at San Juan College. As a founding partner of Unmuddle, we are excited about the new options for students and community colleges. Unmuddle.com provides a unique and student-centered marketplace for working learners to build their skills, redeem their courses for credit, and directly fill workforce needs of employers. Unmuddle streamlines the pathway between education and employment, providing access to a one-stop course-to-jobs marketplace.